It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome to another edition of the Giants huddle podcast. Presented by PSE&G. Energy efficiency for game time and anytime. Visit PSEG.com slash Giants for discounts, rebates, and home energy assessments. On this week's episode, we're joined by former NFL quarterback and current Fox analyst Mark Sanchez. You can catch him on the broadcast on Sunday at 425 on Fox Channel 5 here locally. Mark, good to talk to you, man. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, man. If I were any better, it'd be against the law, buddy. (laughs) Very good. Uh, This is your third time this week doing the Giants. You can hear Mark's coverage of the Giants on Fox this Sunday at 425. So, Mark, let's start with a real basic question. How the heck are the Giants 6-1? and I think that's the million-dollar question, and um, I'll tell you what, a lot of it starts with their defense and uh, the play of that quarterback in Daniel Jones. I think he's playing so efficient, and especially with his supporting cast, um, he's elevating those guys. And some of those windows he's thrown into, I used the phrase last week in our game, uh, you know, trying to fit a camel in a matchbox. (laughs) I mean, that guy's got to do it like five to ten times a game. And these, these windows are not – it's not like he's got guys just streaking wide open uh, down the field. I mean, he's fitting some balls in that uh, are, are incredible throws. And, um, you know, I couldn't be more proud of the guy. It's, it's fun to watch from a quarterback spot, and especially as a guy who played in New York and understands the kind of pressure he's under every week. That's not easy to do for him to be able to put the blinders on and block out all the media scrutiny and just keep plugging away. I was thoroughly impressed. I, I did get a chance to call that game in uh, um, in London against the Packers. That, that was one of his best performances until Baltimore, until Jacksonville. Like, it just keeps getting better. So uh, it's been fun to watch. Yeah, so let's touch on this part of it first. You talked about doing this despite the scrutiny in New York. And, you know, it's hard to, to keep your job here, whether you're talking baseball, basketball, football, when you've had a lot of losing for three years and you're like the face of the franchise, to be able to just continue to be consistent and go about your business and and not let it affect you, can you just kind of talk about how over such a long period of time he's been able to stick with it and, and kind of finally take that step this year? Well, it's, it's really been impressive to see his demeanor and how steady he is. Um, you mentioned consistent, and, and that's exactly the way to describe him. And he hasn't complained once. If anything, I think it was in the offseason when the owner came out and said, hey, listen, we haven't made things easy on our quarterback. If anything, we've made it difficult on him, right? And he did an interview from their facility, I feel like, in the offseason yep. this year. Mm-hmm. That would have been an easy opportunity. I mean, they just left the door wide open for Daniel Jones to say, yeah, man, this is hard, <laughs> you know? And nobody would have balked at that. Nobody would have said one word or had any issue with him saying that and he still didn't do it he still took the high road so i mean that there to me is like that that's everything you you want in your quarterback 
And, I mean, this guy's tough as nails. You, you can see it, and that's why these guys are rallying around him, you know? Granted, Coach Dable's putting him in, you know, great spots. He's reminding him to use his legs. I mean, he's got he's a second-leading rusher for quarterbacks, I think. Yep. Uh, he had over 100 yards last week and a rushing touchdown. Like, whatever it takes to get it done, this guy's going to do it. And it's clear that this coaching regime is, is the group that's been able to get it out of him, right? He didn't just wake up this season – with all this ability, right? It didn't just show up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, the kids had it this whole time. And so credit to Dable and Shea and all those guys and, you know, Wink Martindale and the defense for putting them in good spots, getting all those fumbles. I think they lead the league in fumbles or fumble recoveries with like seven or eight. I mean, it's, it's just an all-out team approach, and they lean on specific parts of their game, special teams, you know, what little things like getting the punter back from overseas, right? Like <laughs> that's a big deal. You know what I mean? And and people, you know, kind of laugh at that and whatever. And oh yeah, they got it. It doesn't matter. It's like an all hands on deck effort. And all I know is the Giants teams that I've seen the last few years would have bowed out a long time ago. This is this is a different group, a re-energized group, a reinvigorated group. I want to get to the scheme in a second and get back to where you think Daniels improved. But I think, you know, you mentioned how they're winning these games and it's the team effort. Does this remind you a little bit the way the offense isn't being asked to do a lot, but they're being efficient, they're protecting the football, they're scoring in the mid-20s, give or take? Does this remind you at all of, of how you and your Jets offense played those two years you got to the championship games where you want to keep it a little dirty, keep it in the high teens, keep it in the low to mid-20s, but then as the quarterback, it's your job to score points but also not put the team in, in bad spots, which is something Daniel has also avoided this year. Oh, 100%. Although they're, I think they're generating a little more offense than, than the Jets are right now. And both teams, like, thank God for New York because the last few years have been rough, you know, for, for both sides, right? Green and yeah. blue. It's been, it's been ugly. And both teams have kind of taken that approach. All I would say is, I think Daniel's been asked to do a little bit more right now, um, and he's got a little more experience. Oh, yeah, Mark, 100%. So Mark, natural. I, I was more referring back to when you had your time with the Jets and the way you guys are winning back then than, than necessarily Zach Wilson today. No, 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 I, I agree, but got I it. think they're doing the same thing we did as well. Oh, I got you, I got I'm you. trying to say. Yep. Like, both the, these two New York teams from 22 right now are doing a little bit of what we've done. I think the Jets are doing more of it because they're, you know – He's asked to throw it maybe 18 times a game, I got 20 you. times a game over in, in uh, um, with the Jets. So I think Daniel's been asked to do a little bit more um, throwing-wise. Sure. And listen, he's, he's also got the ability to run. Like, I couldn't run like that. We used to use Brad Smith That's right. to accomplish that, right? We'd, we'd do it with the Wildcats. So whatever it took, you know, his 100 yards last game, Daniel Jones, that goes right into the rushing category, but it wasn't Saquon, and it gives him a little breather, right? Because they've, you know, at certain games, I mean, the ball's going to 26, no matter what, because everybody's been out, right? It's been him and Bellinger, and you get a dose of, you know, uh, Slayton, Richie James, and Wondell Robinson occasionally whenever somebody's healthy, right? Like, those guys have been banged up, so yep. they got to figure out ways to do it, but... I mean, are you kidding me? I don't know how Dayball's getting any sleep, and I don't think he is. Because <laughs> when you have guys out like that, you got to understand, John, like this is – when all your horses are good 
and, and you got five legit targets and you're the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs right now, I'm not saying that they're not, like, working hard, but it's a different kind of working hard, right? Like, you know what guys are going to show up. You have specific, you know, uh, sections on your playbook for each playmaker. And, okay, here's our, you know, five to ten Kelsey plays where he's number one or two in the progression. Here's the ones for Juju. Here's the ones for Hardman, whatever. When you don't know who's going to play and you only have, like, two wideouts or, you know, you got to use Saquon a ton and you're like, okay, he's going to get 20, 20 carries at least. And we got to find a way to get him ten to fifteen balls in the pass game. You know how hard that is to scheme that up for an yeah. offense. Like you're up all night trying to make it easy on them because now you got to formate these plays, right? You got to come up with these formations without making new formations and tagging everything, right? So you can either make new formations and tell everybody a bunch of new names to line them up in specific positions, or you got to tag everything. For instance, you know what? Okay, this time I don't want Bellinger to play the Y position, which is like the starting tight end position. I need him at the F. So we're going to call this uh, one back, two tight ends. So we're going to call it 12 personnel. There's two receivers, two tight ends, one back, and we're going to call it uh, 12 Aztec. And that means, you know, he went to San Diego State. Now, Bellinger, you got to go to the F. So all those different tags and stuff, like you just can't line up and call trips right, you know, all go special and, and, and let it ride. Like you have to... <laughs> It's it's so exhausting and you know, but it's so rewarding. That's why he's so fired up after the games, right? Because they are just grinding all week to get these specific looks and put their guys in, you know, a position where they can keep it close in the fourth quarter, wait for the other team to make a mistake and pounce on it, and and that's what they've done. Yeah, I love that answer. So, as a quarterback, you've been in different schemes, you've seen different schemes, Mark. You know what works and what doesn't, and why considering the issues at wide receiver, and you mentioned that in your first answer, right, these are not big windows. There's not a lot of separation out there, except for maybe a couple of the plays with Wondell Robinson and Slayton going deep a little bit. How has Brian Dable been able to even manufacture the offense he's been able to, given the inability of, of guys to win consistently one-on-one outside? Well, I mean, when you don't have separators consistently in their like known positions, it makes life difficult, but when he knows he's going to get Slayton, you know you're going to get Slayton on the go ball, on a post shot, on a big in route, somewhere where he can. He doesn't have to um, stop and start too much because he's more of a straight line speed guy. Yep. And when you get those opportunities, you can tell he's coached up the quarterback. Like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna basically you know sauce up the water over here. We're gonna splash over here. We're trying to get Slayton one on one. In this matchup, like he did down on, uh, on the fade ball uh, against Jacksonville, hey, we're going to show him a lot of stuff going on. We're going to motion Saquon. We're going to get all eyes looking at number 26, and we're going to feed him the rock, feed him the rock, boom. But as soon as that safety lines up in the middle of the field and he's more concerned about this, all this other stuff we got going on the other side of the field, do not hesitate to take that shot to Slayton, right? And so you realize now that you get limited opportunities to do those things, there's only going to be one shot. So right. if you get that one shot, you can't miss. And Daniel Jones just dropped a dime right on him, right? And Slayton's got to win, granted, so everything has to work out. But they know, and you can tell it's all in sync, right? And, and when an offense is firing like that, I mean, it's just tough to stop because, you know, what are you going to do? You, you bet the farm that Saquon's going to get the ball, which you should because odds are he is. And when he doesn't, and then Daniel Jones goes and does something like that, it's like, damn, how are we going to stop these guys? 
The Giants' official connected TV streaming app, Giants TV, brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to big blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app. Yeah, and look, and you've mentioned a couple times about his legs and how that's helped too because, you know, Mark, to your point, this is not a big down-the-field, throw balls 20-plus yards down the field type of offense, but it's almost like they've used Jones' ability to keep it to almost be that counter to the run game instead of the deep pass game, right? Because you have to keep that extra defender on the weak side because Daniel can keep it and run for 19, 20, 30 yards, even depending on the play. And it just seems like his legs and the way Dable has schemed this up, it's it's so essential and it kind of is almost like the binding fluid that almost makes everything in this offense work a little bit. Oh, 100%. And it's really like an absolute backbreaker for the defense. When you got everything covered... And he can move a little bit in the pocket and then just feel the rush uh, expanding, feel the linebackers expanding into their coverage and take off and run. Or, God forbid, you're in man-to-man and everybody's running one side of the field and he can escape the weak side, like away from the routes where all the routes began and they're now running away from. Yep. I mean, it's like the defense is like, really? You know? God, we had him dead to rights, right? And there goes Daniel Jones scampering for a first down and waltzing out of bounds. Now what? You know, and he did it. I mean, he did it in London against the Packers after that long flight and on a bum ankle. Like, yeah. You're telling me this kid doesn't want to win. I'd say you're crazy. No, I'm with you. Where do you think Mark Daniel has improved as a thrower, passer, quarterback as you've seen him really develop? And where have you seen kind of a big jump this year with his performance on the field as a passer? Well, I think most importantly, it's decision making. I think um, his accuracy is only getting better and better, and that's just time on task. You know, and some guys are just more accurate than others, naturally. Some guys throw a few more interceptions than others, naturally. That's just kind of the way it is. But you can tell Dable's been a huge influence on him. And some of those, like one of my first conversations with Dable in that week one game against uh, Tennessee, I just said, like, it just seems like, even in the preseason, it just seems a little more calm. Like, he knows he's... He's like, you're not going to screw up the easy ones. The routine ground balls, like, you're going to nail those 10 out of 10 times. And when it comes time to make the, you know, diving Derek Jeter, you know, uh, diving towards third base, pop up and jump and across your body and throw the guy out at first base, like, to win the inning to, or to get out of the inning and get your team up to bat, like, okay. Like, we can go 50% on those. We don't have to hit every single one. Right. And it just seems like, you know, you're never going to miss a run check. When it's single high, it's single high. I want you thinking single high. When it's split safety, we're going to figure out a way to run the ball. And I'm going to give you a million different runs. You just get me in the right one. I mean, it's just it, it just looks like he's really, like they're both in sync, right? And he understands the play caller's purpose. He knows what how to win, but more importantly, what's going to get you beat. And he doesn't do it. It's really impressive. Yeah, and I think the other thing that impresses me too, Mark, and as a guy that's played the quarterback, Daniel's position, Daniel's ability to display to, to stay disciplined here, right? Because I'm sure deep inside of him, he wants to throw the post balls. He wants to throw those 18-yard deep outs. He wants to make big plays down the field. But he's been so patient and disciplined in how he's played. He's taking what's there. He's not forcing anything down the field. Can you just explain to the audience how difficult it is for a quarterback to stay in structure that consistently and just try to push down that internal urge where, I want to go out there and make a big play. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, nearly impossible, and some guys figure out a way to do it, some guys don't. But what's impressive is 
uh, especially that um, Baltimore game, he he was in it for so long. They kept it close for so long. And what happened? Lamar Jackson makes a crazy play, right? Boom, mm-hmm. you get a bad snap. Oh, shoot, boys, we got a chance here. Then he throws it to your defense. Like, So the bottom line is the biggest growth, in my opinion, for Daniel Jones is understanding the game and how to play because more games are going to be lost than they are won. And when it's time to go win one, then you go take your shot. Go flip a coin. You'll be fine, right? Rely on your instincts. Trust your instincts. Cut it loose. It's fourth down. Yes, the guy's hanging on your ankle and you're trying to escape, and you got to chuck up a ball. Okay, fine. But on first and ten in the first quarter in the red zone, we don't even think about doing stuff like that. You know what I mean? And knowing when to take a sack, you're down on your own you know, 10-yard line about to go in and punch the ball, and you could take a sack on that third down because the field goal is close anyway. You know what I mean? You could take a little more time, and you can tell he's understanding those situations and they're being relayed to him, and he's executing nearly perfectly. Hey, Giant fans, don't miss Giants football at MetLife Stadium. Limited tickets are available for all remaining home games, including a matchup with the Eagles. Visit Giants.com slash tickets to find your game this season and secure your seat. All right, give me a feel for the opponent very quickly, Mark, this week before you say goodbye. How about those Seahawks, man? Geno looks great. Uh, you know, I know DK Metcalf's not going to play, but Tyler Lockett is fantastic. Kenneth Walker, you know, he barely played the first four games. He might still end up being offensive rookie of the way the year, the way he's gone the last two. What do you see when you look at Seattle's offense, and, and how are they doing it? Did they rule out DK, uh, DK Metcalf for sure? No, they haven't, but, uh, you know, I'm, I, I guess I'm taking a little bit of a leap of lack of faith there in terms of Metcalf with the day. Yeah, yeah I'm, you know, it's interesting because, um, talk about knowing how to play, knowing your personnel, and the uh, total transformation of, of Geno Smith. Because, you know, you saw him play in New York. The guy playing right now is not the same player no. that played in New York. It's the same person, but he ain't playing the same. And it's, um, it's a lot like Daniel Jones, understanding your personnel, understanding what the situation is, playing within yourself. And when it's time to go make a play, you go give up your best stuff. And... He, you know, they, they control the game uh, really well, especially out of their 13 personnel with one back, three tight ends, and one receiver. I think that's one of their strongest personnel. And then uh, when they get DJ Dallas and Kenneth Walker on the field at the same time, I like that personnel for them. Uh, and that was shown, um, let's see, by the Packers in London. I thought that was one of their best personnel when they get um, – uh, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones in the game at the same time because yep. then it puts stress on Tay Crowder and Jalen Smith from the Giants. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that a little bit um, from Seattle. But, I mean, the job that Wink Martindale's done, you know, he's going to have to figure out what to do when it's time for those tight ends to come in the game. You know, naturally you want to put in bigger guys, but at the same time they can run it out of that. And then they also run empty formations where nobody's in the backfield with Geno out of those deals. So if you're going to put big guys in there, they got to be able to cover. And they got to be able to cover in space because they'll spread you out and make it tough. And you can't forget, also, I mean, Geno's not as effective a runner as maybe Daniel Jones, but he's not far behind, right? He's maybe a half step slower, and he's running the ball really well and getting them out of, you know, third and four, third and six kind of situations where you got everybody covered up and gloved down the field, and then there goes Geno scampering for a first down. So it's um, – <laughs> And then on defense, man, they're building a bully. They're building it the same way they built it with the Legion of Boom, right? Ryan Neal looks just like Cam Chancellor. Tariq Woolen looks just like Richard Sherman, except he's probably, you know, uh, at least a tenth of a second, if not two tenths of a second faster. 
and that kid can really fly. He's long. He's lean. He'll jam you at the line he of scrimmage. Plays the ball the too, man. Kid, Mike Ooh. Jackson. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're they're some physical freaks over there, and um, it's just impressive to see Coach Carroll build it all over again. He did it in college. He did it with the Seahawks once. Went to two Super Bowls. Won one of them. And now he's, you know, threatening to do it again with Geno Smith of all quarterbacks. Like, that's unheard of. So you can't say enough about that coaching staff and what they're doing. I mean, it's got to be the best matchup of the weekend. I'm fired up. Yeah, me too. Final question, Mark. When you watch the Giants' defense, you've mentioned Wink Martindale a couple times. You having flashbacks to dealing with Rex Ryan's defense in practice? How similar, <laughs> how similar are they? And what does an opposing quarterback have to deal with when you're dealing with all that that's going on? Um, well, I, I shared a story with Wink um, before that first game on a uh, on a Zoom call because we were doing our production meeting and they were traveling to Tennessee. We were covering that first game of the year, and I just said, "Got it." You know, as soon as I saw your name on the docket here that we had to talk, I got a little flashback of Ed <laughs> Reed coming off the edge at Baltimore and just lighting me up. First play of the game, sack, cause fumble, touchdown, Raven. <laughs> he started laughing. He said, yeah, I don't know why you didn't send your line the other way. And I said, well, we had a backup center, and I just thought we were going left no matter what. Like we said, if Ed is anywhere near – number 20 on defense is anywhere near the line of scrimmage, just slide to him because that's when he's coming, you know? So I just thought it was assumed that we had a backup center, in, and I didn't over-communicate, which I should have. <laughs> I just got tattooed in the back of the head. and I just remembered telling Wink that he started laughing. <laughs> it was funny. It's, uh, it is, you know, it, it keeps the quarterback on edge and, and gives you fit sometimes, and you know there's going to be some looks that you just, bottom line, they're just going to get you. And it's in those moments that you can't, try and do too much. You can't try and make the throw in the backfield, you know, while two guys are trying to bring it down to the ground because they had free runners. But he's going to get free runners on him, and now it's going to be about Geno making really good decisions when, when the defense guesses right. And, um, you know, with a guy like Wink, they're going to guess right plenty of times. So you just have to be incredibly sharp and know you're going to get, you know, there's not many patterns you can get used to, right? You just got to be ready for anything. And that means a lot of your progressions on offense should be pure progressions, right? Like no matter what coverage, no matter what defense, no matter what front, I know exactly where I'm going. One, two, three, four, five. Generally, that helps when you play against schemes like that because they're all over the place. If you try and figure it out, it's the end of the fourth quarter and, you know, you've already turned the ball over three times. So yeah. it's, uh, it's going to be a battle. Mark, terrific insight. Thank you so much for the time. You can check out Mark Sanchez on Fox, 425 Eastern Time, Channel 5 here in New York. And we look forward to seeing you out in Seattle, Mark. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thanks, John. That's former NFL quarterback and current Fox analyst Mark Sanchez. You can check him out on Fox's coverage of Giants and Seahawks, 425 on Sunday, Channel 5 locally. We thank Mark for being with us. We thank you for joining us in the Giants Huddle Podcast. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, find us in the Giants app, or go to Giants.com slash podcast for all of our podcast offerings. For Mark Sanchez, I'm John Schmelk. Thanks for being with us on this episode of the Giants Huddle Podcast. We'll see you next time, everybody.